Hey folks, welcome back to the next episode of the Jedi Council Podcast. This is Brandon Saxton. And Katie Gordon. Katie, how are you doing this wonderful afternoon? I'm doing great, thanks. It's about 30 degrees warmer than it was yesterday. In Fargo, it was about, what was the lowest it got? Negative 30? Pretty close, I think, yeah. It it has been unbelievably cold Mm -hmm. and unpleasant. Um, If I had my way, I wouldn't have left the house for probably close to the last month yeah it (laughs) has been gross but today it's like 20 Mm -hmm. and it is just balmy just (laughs) pleasant so no it's nice so we left the house (laughs) yep we're here uh we've braved the arctic fargo tundra to bring you the latest in mental health and nerdy sort of comic news like every week or close to week. Yeah. <laughs> Ish. So, we get, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like always, maybe we can start off with current events, and if I'm not mistaken, you were fortunate enough to see Rogue One earlier today. I haven't seen it yet. And for folks who are maybe worried, I would maybe do a very brief spoiler-free review for today. Yes, I am not going to give away any spoilers. In fact, I'm so afraid of doing that that my only commentary will be that I loved it. Oh, uh, okay, that's nice. I, <laughs> because I don't, I don't want to give anything away, and I feel like most people who are Star Wars fans mm-hmm. know basic elements of the story, yeah. and so there are some parts that are unknown, and I and I would hate to give those away. But I do think that we'll do a full episode, absolutely reviewing it maybe a little bit later on yeah. after you've seen it. That would probably be a better conversation. <laughs> I agree. If I could pry a little, sure. But, um, just sort of in. Does it compare to previous Star Wars movies, or can you compare them? Is it apples to oranges, or Star Wars to Star Wars stories, or <laughs> any sort of comparison to be made there? Well, I uh, watched Kevin Smith and Mark. I I never know how to pronounce their last names. Bernardin. Yep. Hopefully, I think that is okay. It. Yep. Good. Um, their review of Rogue One after I saw Rogue One, which was. I agree with what they said, which was basically it's so good that it could be part of the saga. Like, it's viewed as kind of this offshoot story and things Mm -hmm. like that. But if you called it, they said, if you called it episode zero, no one would mind. Or if you try to fit it in there somewhere, it's just beautifully done. I enjoyed it as much as Force Awakens for sure. It's one of, it's definitely one of my top Star Wars movies. All right. Well, that sounds great. Well, I look forward to it. And my expectations are incredibly high now, thanks to your review. So if I'm disappointed, <laughs> I will be so it's mad. It's my fault. Well, <laughs> I had high expectations, and I those too. were exceeded. Oh, okay, good. And I will expand upon why after you see it. But I, there are some things that I really liked. That and some great. of them are some of the things that people might be suspecting from trailers, and some were totally unexpected. So. Okay, great. Well, I'm really <laughs> looking forward to it. Okay. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and I should be seeing it, well, I think over the holiday break, most okay. likely. So. And then we can, maybe after the holiday break, come back with a Rogue One episode. It'll be less of a panic about spoilers yeah. then, too, because then I, a lot of our listeners will have seen it, too, by and, then. And if they haven't, they can just get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put warnings, don't worry. Absolutely. <laughs> um, another thing that I know that we've talked about a little bit on this podcast, and I think we were thinking or toying with the idea of doing a full episode on, and, and it's still certainly a possibility, is the... Wonder Woman, uh, UN ambassador of gender equality sort of controversy. Is it fair to call it a controversy at this point? Yeah, I think it's a controversy. There are certainly split feelings on it. I mean, I'm in a little bit, as you are, in an echo chamber of people who support 
yes. the Wonder Woman side of it, and that she should. We mentioned in that previous episode, she was named an honorary ambassador for the UN. That she has since been revoked of that title due mm-hmm. to a petition that was forty to fifty thousand people. Forty-five thousand. Forty-five thousand. Which okay, I good. Right in the middle there. Forty to fifty thousand. <laughs> That's good. Kind of a rude correction of your. No, 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 there. <laughs> no. I was looking at. There was a question in there, mm-hmm. so I don't feel corrected. Um, and I and there they they had a good point. One of their points mm-hmm. I certainly agree with, which was that um, be be cautious of appointing fictional characters and not paying attention to better representativeness of nonfiction people within the UN. That's a good point. Yeah. However, what people are having trouble with is it seems like their interpretation of it, and again, I this is very much from the outside. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people to sign a petition. Oh, yes. A lot of people with strong feelings. But what it felt like to me and to other people who are Wonder Woman fans is that it wasn't really addressing the problem, which would be other ways to fix representation. Uh, instead, it was kind of getting dismissing Wonder Woman for reasons that didn't seem fair, if you know the character. Some of the things they mentioned are the way she dresses mm-hmm. and her proportions being unrealistic. And that's true that some interpretations have been done that way of Wonder Woman. She's a character that's been around 75 years. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of different interpretations. But it... It kind of stung for people who, for whom Wonder Woman was um, is an inspiration, mm-hmm. too. And as um, someone pointed out that I read, said, you know, Wonder Woman wouldn't be happy about the lack of representation of women in the UN either. So mm-hmm. removing her doesn't really fix that problem in this person's perspective. So One thing that I thought was interesting, um, because I agree uh, with the, the point that you already raised, that maybe it would be better to find someone... Uh, uh, a non-fiction person, I guess they're not really a character if you're an IRL sort of person, yeah. <laughs> but uh, a real-life person to serve as an ambassador. But one qu- question or problem I have is it seems like the honorary ambassador position is uh, specifically or maybe uniquely suited for a non or for a fictional character to hold that position. Um, previous examples being Tinkerbell and uh, Winnie the Pooh. So I, I find it curious, especially I, I don't want to split hairs or, or speak out of turn, but um, I, I'm not sure, like, if you took a look at Tinkerbell more deeply as a character, I don't think, like, that's a very, I, I think her clothing is probably very similar to mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, if you're going to just choose that as a specific reason um, to, to take this away from this character. I don't know. Uh, yeah. No, no, I agree. I think that it it seems like it's specifically targeted at Wonder Woman. Some people brought up the point that it's the UN and her, what she wears is the American flag, and it's supposed to be representative as a larger picture of that. But as many Wonder Woman artists and writers pointed out, that hasn't been her costume for a while Maybe in most depictions. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's not really concerned. But more, I think what what hurt was the idea that she's dressed in a way that's too sexy. That that it takes away from the gravity of the equality. And to a lot of people, that just sounds like a familiar she's not the right kind of woman or the right kind of Mm -hmm. feminist for the position or um, she doesn't look within the expectations of what someone in that role does and so you know I Gail Simone one of my favorite comic book writers I love her Batgirl series I I like what I've read of her Wonder Woman stuff and other stuff she's written too um, including just her social media posts are very well written Um, she she said that it, it does feel like a misunderstanding of the character and actually, I she wrote a nice thread about it on Twitter, and she said she'll say more about it. But I think 
Another big point that she brought up that I thought was really important is that, which we've talked a little bit about on here before, but recently the current DC Rebirth writer for Wonder Woman, Greg Rucka, has talked about how Wonder Woman is identi- identifies as bisexual or queer, mm-hmm. and that's been common in, in past depictions of mm-hmm. her and things like that. And so Gail Simone said, just from going out and meeting comic readers and writers, she has met so many individuals from the LGBTQ community who are so inspired by Wonder Woman's message of peace, equality, acceptance, and in some conceptualizations, identification as a member of the LGBTQ community. And to take that away from them, she said, really also bothered her. So I thought that was another important aspect that really kind of for those of us who admire Wonder Woman were kind of hurt by. Absolutely. I- I think there's definitely more to say. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll save it though, because I, sure. I can feel myself getting launched into a rant here, and I want to <laughs> I want to move us to the topic at hand. I don't mm-hmm. mean to cut you off though. If there's if you have any closing thoughts for today about Wonder Woman, before I think we'll probably inevitably be returned to. The no, topic. I think it'll be good to return it because it seems to be ongoing. I mean, there are counter petitions being organized. Well, Justice for Wonder Woman is one of the campaigns and and trying to fix that. So it'll be interesting to follow this story and see if it goes back the other way. So yeah, we can return to another time yeah no that sounds great um but i would be curious to hear what our listeners think about the issue Mm -hmm. and uh so maybe if you have a a free moment just send us a tweet or a a facebook message or post or what have you uh i'd be really curious what what i think we probably have a biased sort of sample of listeners who are probably more likely than not to be comic book fans but i would be very curious what um some people who we know are thinking about the issue so Mm -hmm. yeah um but beyond that or after that, following that, whatever is the right uh, segue or transition into our main topic at hand, which is none other than another uh, equally, maybe even more famous podcaster than ourselves. <laughs> uh, Ken, a little bit. <laughs> uh, a, a good friend. Uh, no, I, no, I'm taking some liberties. Uh, Kevin Smith. So, just, just for contrast here, we have about 1,300 followers. Uh, I, I rounded up. Yeah. Thank you, all of you. I can't Absolutely. tell you how much that means to us. I never thought we'd get above 13 and no. that most of those would be accounts it that I created like, just to follow It seems us. like just yesterday it was about 13. So, <laughs> it, really, yeah. it really was. So so thank you. Um, Kevin Smith has 3 million followers, so clearly our podcasts are similarly popular. I would think so. I mean, they're pr- <laughs> I'm they're no mathematician, but... <laughs> they seem close. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I... People at home maybe are asking themselves, okay, so I'm, I'm tuning into the Jedi Council podcast. I want to learn a little about mental health and and the sort of intersection between nerdiness and mental health. Kevin Smith, how does he fit into that picture? He does. Just trust us. Yeah, <laughs> let's go with us on that. Just go with us we'll, on We'll go on. back to the more traditional, like our anxiety episode and stuff like that. Yeah. We actually, we want to do one on personality, and we'll, and we'll get to that soon. Mm-hmm. But first, we have this pressing topic we need to talk about now. <laughs> so, like last week, you might have listened to our episode about the McElroy brothers and uh, just kind of the things that we love that they've done, uh, the ways that they've inspired us to try to, to use our podcast and our blog to maybe help some people or uh, teach about certain things that maybe uh, there are misconceptions about. And I think in a lot of ways we've been equally inspired by Kevin Smith. Um, so I was actually introduced to, I, I knew who Kevin Smith was, but I wasn't really introduced to a lot of 
his more specific work, so his podcasts and books and movies really until um, talking with you, Katie, and, and you were nice enough to introduce me to a lot of his stuff, of which I am eternally grateful because I just, I mean, he creates really great content. And to me, he's someone who, I, and I, who's very inspirational. And I know that's not an opinion shared by everyone. I've talked to other people who say, Kevin, Kevin Smith, are you kidding me? And I think he has maybe this sort of crass humor on the surface, and if you don't take a minute to just really get to know his work, I think I could understand why people see him that way. Yeah, I think sometimes that's misinterpreted, similar to people who just look at some overly sexualized depiction of Wonder Woman and just letting go of it and moving on. The UN. <laughs> no, no, no. I love the UN and their mission, and I appreciate their responsiveness to the people who signed the petition. Yes. Again, I don't want to criticize them. No, I just I have know. my strong. Get me in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, you know, I think that it it might sound like someone who is just saying things for shock value and. Yes. with Kevin Smith, and that might be part of it, but it doesn't feel that way to me, because I actually don't find that stuff really funny if it's just like, oh, this is really disgusting, and that's my main source of humor. I feel like it's that is actually not getting the deeper meaning of the way Kevin puts stories together. And by deep meaning, I'm not talking about it's always something like totally revelatory about space and time dimensions or something, though sometimes he does talk about mm-hmm. that stuff. Sometimes... Well, hi, but <laughs> but he does talk about it. Sometimes not well, hi. But, um, but anyway, a lot of it is just touching stories about people in his life and how things have affected him. And he has a gift for storytelling. I mean, oh, he yes. just has a great way of building up to the action and then getting to the point and sharing it in really funny ways. And sometimes that involves using crass language, but... That doesn't put me off because the point is really the story yeah. and also him being hilarious. Absolutely. Um, so since you're kind of the uh, originator of the Kevin Smith fandom within <laughs> this podcast, would you maybe mind telling us just a little bit about uh, how did you get interested in Kevin Smith or introduced to him or maybe even a, an extension of that, and, and I'm happy to follow up with my own thoughts, is sure. what does his work really mean to you? So, I, I mean, you've kind of touched on that already, but maybe just to organize our thoughts a little bit for our listeners so we can sell them on the beauty <laughs> that is Kevin Smith. That sounds good. Well, I've actually been a really longtime fan of Kevin Smith. The first movie I saw of his was Rats, which was the second movie he did after Clerk. So... You know, he's best known for Clerks. He still references that often that he's, oh, that's the Clerks guy. Why is he making this movie about kids doing yoga? Like, he kind of, that is what he feels he's best known for. And the idea, if you're new to Kevin Smith, although there probably aren't that many of our listeners who aren't familiar with him, but um, he basically did this do-it-yourself small-budget movie in the 90s that he wrote after going to film school, and he just went for it. It was kind of based off of his real conversations with his friends and his work at a quick stop gas station slash convenience store in New Jersey. And I think he did it mostly on credit cards for maybe $30,000 or so. Check my numbers, but I think that's right. Um, And it was very successful. I mean, it was really crass, but it was very funny and clever and unique, and the way that it was done was really impressive. So kind of rose to fame, and then there were high expectations and a bigger budget for Mallrats, 
Um, but then people didn't like that as much. He got a lot of criticism for that. I found it very funny. I really liked his film Chasing Amy. So I've liked most of what he's done. And in fact, I was talking to my sister a while ago about seeing Kevin Smith talk, because now he does a lot of these, he'll do live podcasts mm -hmm. or he'll do an evening with Kevin Smith. And it's funny hearing him talk because I feel like we talk similarly. And she pointed out that that's probably because his movies influence the way that I talk. And sure. I use a lot of those phrases and things. So huge impact and things like that. So anyway, I love all that. Fast forward to about 2007. I was having a pretty stressful, busy year. I was on internship trying to finish up my dissertation, um, working a ton of hours a week, and also looking for a job. And I was living in this tiny apartment in Chicago, and I really, my main form of entertainment was listening to Smodcast, which is the first podcast that I ever got into. And I just love listening to Scott Mosier and Kevin Smith talk to each other and tell stories and go into ridiculous things. Malcolm Ingram or Jay, they would have these guests on. Mm -hmm. And it was just so interesting. I never thought I'd be doing my own podcast, but it really gave me a lot to laugh about and just kind of enjoy during a really stressful, challenging time. So I was grateful to Kevin Smith for that. And then since then, I've listened to a lot. His podcast thing is just huge. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, he's got a different show every day, I think. I think almost. every day of the week, yeah. His I love Frasier, too. He has a Frasier podcast that I like listening to. I saw Yoga Hosers. I like that. So anyway, that's all right. And I've actually seen him three times. Mm -hmm. I saw him do a live Smodcast recording. I saw him do a live um I think it's Jay and Silent Bob Get Old podcast recording. And then we saw him do an evening with yeah. Kevin Smith, which was amazing. And so I think that a lot of it ties back to what we talked about in the last episode with just humor and the role that plays in mm -hmm. mental health. But I've also, I'm not someone who, I think we all struggle with criticism and things like that. But I find the way that he's dealt with it on average to be pretty inspirational yes. which is with humor or confronting it or pointing it out and the biggest thing that he does is he just keeps on creating his work he and he doesn't change it to fit within a certain mold he he talks about he writes his own story he does things that people don't think will work and he's been very successful at that so for example just today he he was tweeting about yoga hosers which is on netflix so a lot more people have been viewing it and his tweet says, warning, watching yoga hosers may lead to moose jaws, which is going to be his third, his follow-up to yoga hosers, the third in the True North trilogy for other Kevin Smith nerds like <laughs> me, um, anticipation or trepidation. And so he has two tweets highlighted here that were sent to him. One says, yoga hosers was funny as hell. Can't wait for moose jaws. He liked that. That's a very sweet one. The next one says, just watch yoga hosers. That Kevin Smith... <laughs> tag to make sure he sees it dumbest movie ever <laughs> i can only imagine how bad moose jaws oh, is man. going to be and he liked that one too and so he's just out there doing it i think it's funny he's he's self-critical but you know anyway so that's that's kind of my kevin smith thing what about you well uh like i mentioned a little bit earlier you actually introduced me to kevin smith and and smodcast and i really got into that and then it was while listening to smodcast which i really liked um, the one of the first episodes I listened to was one where he actually recalls The Dark Knight Rises purely by memory, which I was just like, this is amazing. And it was after he had actually seen it one time in the theater, and he just loved it so much. 
that he recalled it by memory. And listening to him talk about it, he actually tears up at one point when uh, describing a, one of the ending scenes when Batman is leaving and the uh, the Bat and uh, kind of has this bomb attached to it. And Commissioner Gordon says, hey, "Shouldn't I know who you are? Should the people know?" And uh, I never got a chance to thank you. And Batman says, uh, you know, you'll never have to thank me. And uh, it references the time when, as a young child, uh, Commissioner Gordon put kind of his coat around Bruce Wayne and kind of has this really beautiful line about anyone can be a hero, even someone doing as simple as putting uh, their coat around a young child and let them know the world had been, something like that. And to hear him recall it all from memory after seeing it one time was amazing. And second, to really listen to the sort of passion and uh, emotional connection that he had with the character of Batman was just so... It was just amazing to me that there's someone else out there who likes mm-hmm. Batman as much as me. And it's Kevin Smith, which is so <laughs> cool. Um, so then it was through that that I actually was introduced to uh, one of his other, I think, very, very popular podcasts, uh, Fat Man on Batman, in which... Uh, it's, I think it's kind of slowed down now just because he has so many projects going on. Um, but he has had so many wonderful guest stars on there. Uh, people like uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman from Batman the Animated Series and the Arkham games and several of the movies. Uh, Mark Hamill was on there. Uh, he had Adam West on there for a live show. He has uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, the Batman um, writer and uh artist for the new or not yeah the new 52 batman runner on there uh he's had jim lee on there who is art i absolutely love he's done so much beautiful art for dc comics um just as a, a little sampling he's just had so many amazing guests on there mm-hmm. um so it, it's just so it, it has been so cool to work through that and listen to all of these people who are so passionate and interested and knowledgeable and involved with the character of batman that I, I feel like I owe Kevin Smith a, a debt of such gratitude to have uh, introduced and provided me with so much amazing content about something I'm so interested in and passionate about that I never would have had otherwise. So that, that was a very specific sort of answer, uh, focusing on Batman, like many of my answers in life. But um, <laughs> Well, but, that's actually, that's why I, I thought you might like him, though, so that, I'm yes. glad to hear that. It was That you was right. the thing that stood out most, I mean... He's very funny and all that stuff, too, but his connection to Batman, you... So, this is another thing that I think is connected to mental health, that I relate to him. There are not a lot of people, maybe particularly men in their 40s, who can as comfortably, openly talk about being passionate about things like comic books mm-hmm. or science fiction movies, and, and his child and his wife to be fair too but even that you don't see a lot um maybe as much open emotional expression also strikes me as one of his gifts that i think actually if i had to speculate and i have actually speculated a little bit about what makes him such a great storyteller as part of it because after watching his review of rogue one after he had seen it once it is amazing the level of detail that Mm -hmm. he recalls and how he connects things and how he sees things so I think he has a real gift for that stuff. And the fact that he's willing to openly share that in a vulnerable way, because he certainly gets criticized for it, and to deal with that with kind of humor, I I admire that a lot, too. So I agree. I feel very grateful for the content in and of itself, and that's helpful. But he also is just seems like an inspiration you had mentioned hearing that people dress up as him yes in one of the most uh, recent episodes of smodcast i have uh, so i listen to too many podcasts now so i kind of 
just get caught onto one at a time mm-hmm. and, and listen to a pile of them. And now it's Smodcast again. And it was kind of interesting because he was talking about recently he was at a Comic-Con and he it, it kind of dawned on him. There are people that are dressed up as him, um, as Kevin Smith, not just <laughs> his characters that he plays, but actually him, the person. And uh, he, the way he talked about it was so funny. And, and he spoke about how, you know, not to sort of, toot his own horn but there aren't that many people who actually have people dressed up as themselves and kind of went on to you know I think this is another gift he has he went on to be very lighthearted about himself and said you know I dress the same way every time I'm out I've, I've made a caricature of myself you know with his hockey jersey and, and the jean shorts and so in a beard he said he said mm-hmm. that's all it takes and, so, uh, and your costume's done and, and it looks real done. comfortable it, too yes. to be honest with you mm, so it was it's so I mean he's just such an amazing person to me someone who really had a vision for what they wanted to do with their life uh, and just did it um, despite criticism and setbacks and hardships and challenges and everything else uh he just kept pushing on and and i think that's amazing and i think the way that he like you've already said the way that he can be open and vulnerable uh that was really meaningful for me because i think um i think there's been a paradigm shift in sort of the i think we're in almost a comic book era now Mm -hmm. uh comic books i think uh, the movies are certainly popular comic book sales i think have been climbing and tabletop gaming i think is more popular than ever but that wasn't always the case. Um, certainly, I mean, I've, I'm sure you've heard Kevin Smith talk about when he was younger, he mm-hmm. had to pretend he didn't like comics, mm-hmm. and, and that you just didn't, you weren't always so open about that. And that that's been true during some periods of my life too. Um, so to have someone, you know, it's okay to like those things now. I think more than ever before, probably. But to have someone who is really there, just saying, you know what, love what you love, and and uh, and that's okay, and be so open and expressive about it, and passionate about it, was just really meaningful to me. Yeah, I I really like that too. I mean, I, I think you're right because there is, he he didn't try to change to meet what would be more interesting. Instead, he tried to show people how excited he is about comic books and how much Batman means to him, and why other people should be that interested too and I do think it's really infectious to see that and so it's wonderful to see when he's recognized and he directs an episode of The Flash or something like that and kind of gets some mainstream success in addition to doing his own thing and I think that's really cool and one of the things that I also we're hoping that you're listening Kevin we're going (laughs) to tweet this to you later we know you get a lot of tweets Mm -hmm. but if you're listening the other thing I wanted to say is that his loyalty to his friends is cons- it's amazing. I mean, he really looks out for his friends. Mm-hmm. He and his wife have had friends stay with them when they're going through a hard time. And that's something also mental health related in Smodcast that he's had friends come in and talk about drug problems, depression, all types of issues that they've had. And he supports them. Mm-hmm. And he's just also helps raise awareness about those things and reduce stigma. And he does it in such a natural way. It just seems like he's just got a big heart and he really mm-hmm. wants to help people out in any way that he can. And he does that. And I think it's impressive. I mean, so much so that I like listening. He had one specific podcast that's just specifically about his group of friends growing up. And I loved listening to his stories about that because, of course, he tells them in amusing ways. But they also just show how dedicated he is to people that he hung out with in his teens you know i mean when we saw him at an evening of kevin smith 
talking about how comic book men on mm -hmm. AMC, how that show was like the guys that make him laugh and taught him what's funny. Now they have their own show. I just think that's really cool. I did get to meet his friend Walt, by the way, one time when I, I went to his comic book store. Actually, that same year I was listening to Smodcast all the time. Oh, wow. And I heard his voice answering the phone because he was managing the store. And I took a picture with him. He seemed... Um, busy but was nice enough to take a picture with <laughs> well, me nice. yeah and it was kind of fun i got um it's a cool store if you ever I'd love if you're ever in new jersey yeah. swing by well I, we're about out of time unfortunately i feel like we could probably do a full kevin smith <laughs> fan cast honestly with the uh, with probably. the way that we like him but uh mm -hmm. but i think we better probably put a put a wrap on it there for today um for our classic pearls of wisdom segment um i didn't leave a, a, a pause for the chime for our classic Pearls of Wisdom with Brandon segment. There it was, folks. I knew I wouldn't have meant the same without the chime. <laughs> uh, today I'm actually going to leave you with a Pearl of Wisdom from, from none other than Kevin Smith himself. Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but I'm a huge fan of quotes. I collect them. I, when I feel, I'm feeling something, quotes are a good way for me to process things. Um, I mean, everyone has different ways of processing, and quotes are one for me, and this mm -hmm. is one that I've always really liked. And it comes from Kevin Smith, and it reads, uh, Please pay attention very carefully, because this is the truest thing a stranger will ever say to you. In the face of such hopelessness as our eventual unavoidable death, there's little sense in not at least trying to accomplish all of your wildest dreams in life. And I just like that so much, and I think it rings so true with a lot of what we just said that we like about him, and, and someone who really just... Uh, is giving it his all to do what he can, um, you know, to accomplish those dreams. And you can you can actually find that quote uh, right on our Jedi Council website. It's under uh, the nerding out resources. Actually, yeah, it's the same picture, but I was going to add a quote, and I feel like I'm impeding on your pearls of wisdom. Oh, wow, it's a different. <laughs> it quote. is, but same, same picture. picture. It's a nice picture of him. I, uh, <laughs> please. Uh, so I guess our for the first time ever, our our newest. <laughs> Pearls of Wisdom with Katie <laughs> section. I, I don't want that responsibility, <laughs> but I, I can't help but, but share my one more Kevin Smith Pearl of Wisdom. Please, it's really please. his and not mine. But I, I do really like the quote that you said. I think that is inspirational. And, what, and I like quotes, too, because I think they can put things into words that I have a hard time expressing. Yeah. And, and so I, I find that very meaningful. Another one that I really like, one thing from An Evening with Kevin Smith that he also mentioned that stood out to me is he actually talked about how he's the kind of person who doesn't strongly know how he feels about things, that he kind of, his identity comes from the people that he's around, which mm -hmm. was really interesting. You don't hear a lot of people openly talk about that. I think that there's a lot of pressure to come across as very confident and firm and that you Absolutely. always know what's going on. He has his values and things like that, but hearing that was interesting in how people influence him and his acceptance of that. So in light of that, knowing that he's not just naturally this kind of person who confidently does whatever he wants and feels fine about it, I really like this quote, too. People have been telling me I'm a failure and that I'm doing it all wrong for 20 years now. Never trust anybody when they tell you how your story goes. You know your story. You write your own story. And so I also find that quote to be really inspirational and kind of trusting yourself to do things your way. And that is on our website. And we also actually did a post as a dedication to Kevin Smith about the character he plays in most of his movies, Silent <laughs> Bob. And we talk all about Silent Bob's psyche. So check that out if you haven't checked that 
out yet and let us know what you think about our conclusions regarding his diagnosis. That is a great quote. Thank you for sharing that pearl of wisdom with us, Katie. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Well, that sounds good. Um, like always, I would like to just thank some of the Twitter users uh, who are just doing such wonderful – we have such a wonderful, interesting interaction with so many people on Twitter, and I've taken it on as a personal goal for 2017 to start thanking people who are interacting with us across a variety of mediums. Uh, so today I just want to thank uh, one of our probably more common interactors on Twitter – who is has the Twitter handle at Penguin Gone Mad? Uh, not her actual name, I don't suspect. <laughs> I believe her actual name is Lauren, as per her Twitter page. Uh, folks who follow us on Twitter have probably seen me talk to her a number of times about the Telltale Batman series. But beyond that, there's just uh, she, she's tweeted about us before and said such kind, wonderful things about us, and I just I appreciate that so much. So I just wanted to give a special shout out, not a call out, <laughs> to her on the air uh, today. Was there Anything else you had for us, Katie, before we wrapped up today? Thank you, Lauren. I've enjoyed our conversations, too. So thanks for being such a great person to interact with on Twitter and so supportive of the stuff we do. That sounds good. Well, folks, uh, thanks so much for listening in. You can find us on uh, our own website, www.jedi-council.com. Uh, there's links there to our uh, our blog is there, our podcast, links to our Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can pretty much find us anywhere. Um, I, iPod? Do people use iPods anymore? Uh, I don't maybe. Really know. I have one. Oh, I don't geez. know that it's functional, but maybe. I don't know. You can find us on iPod, I guess, <laughs> whatever that means. What I meant to say is the uh, iTunes I didn't mean to laugh for this speaking. I'm a real jerk. <laughs> no, it's fine. The iTunes podcasting app, Stitcher, uh, or almost anywhere, probably. Please rate and review us because yes. that helps people to find out about us. And we appreciate it very much. Mm-hmm. And signing off for today, we'll leave you with this classic sign-off uh, phrase. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Mm-hmm.